0: Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. we got ourselves a game night. The Edmonton Oilers in action against... The Buffalo Sabres. winners now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Now you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement, bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, same number, 780-496-0063 at the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday. We are going to go to a text courtesy of Mark and St. Albert. Wow! He said, "Stoffer, I thought you were a Phi Gamma Delta, a Fiji, no question mark, just the valedictorian of your film studies at U of A with your paper on Battleship Potomkin from Mark and St. Albert. Mark, you are listening closely to this show. I have referenced, I had a bunch of friends that were Fijis, but I never actually was a uh, fraternity member. I think the joke was, right, that you used to say, hey, you know, who wants to pay $300 to have friends? truth of the matter is I'd probably have to pay more than that and and in terms of uh, film studies at the U of A I did actually write a paper once on Battleship Potomkin so well done there was also Barry Battleship Potomsky but it never stuck as a nickname because apparently hockey players didn't uh, deal with the greats of Russian film such as Eisenstein back in the day. So take it for what it's worth. Brendan, let me know. Are we still struggling to get hold of our man? Or we yeah, get to- I'm striking out in the batter's box here. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we do this? While we have the opportunity, uh, we... Are going to tell you that uh, Japanese Village is Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at JVEdmonton.ca. Multiple locations in the city of Edmonton to get hold uh, to uh, uh, that you can get hold of. So Japanese Village again, JVEdmonton.ca. Tell Don and the staff that orders now sent you. Uh, you want to pull up our one v one conversation with Zach Hyman? It's good? ready to fly. Actually, you know what? That's all right there. Let me answer the call. All right, we'll get out. Well, instead, we'll. This is called live radio. Don't worry, the patient doesn't die on the table. It's all about perspective, right? Like that's a real. This is toy department of life stuff. That's what Bryn Griffiths used to tell me, way back twenty plus years ago. Bob, like all right, we, I was with us. We work in sports. It's just sports. It doesn't have to be that serious. There's serious stuff out there all the time. Uh, we head off to Washington D.C. Uh, where surely he is not in any of the literature that's been provided to uh, Washington Commander's owner, Dan Snyder. We welcome back to the show, Al May. Al, how you doing? I'm
1: doing great, Bob. Good to be here.
0: Hey, uh, look, uh, we had a little bit of fun before we went to break at the news. Did you ever see the movie Revenge of the Nerds?
1: I did, but I can't remember any of it. It's been so long.
0: Do you have a movie from the 1980s that was a comedy that you've seen multiple times over the years?
1: Oh, God. You know what? It's it's so hard. I've been trying to watch older movies with my kids and get them laughing and, and whatnot. But, I you know, I always go back to... Uh, it's got Wedding Crashers, but... I can't remember anything from the '80s specifically that we used to watch. Well, there's stuff, about a guess.
0: there's about a 90 yeah. second to two minute long uh, scene in the Wedding Crashers that makes me howl every time. Uh, and I do recall watching actually the last year I did the Golden Bears. They had Wedding Crashers on the bus, and the boys were pretty pumped up watching. That's a fun movie, no question about it. If uh, if there was a movie name for the start of the Washington Capital season, what would it be?
1: Oh wow! Talk about put me on the spot today. Uh, You know what? I can't think of anything other than saving private Ryan. I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but I was just trying to save their season the way they were going in the first two games. It was really ugly. There was tons of negativity. Uh, Lots was going wrong. The big guns weren't getting on the board. Power play was 0 for nine in the first two. 0 for 11 and three, and then you go to. the the five on five was awful the best players were all minuses it was pretty bleak and uh, so it's you know they, they're fighting back they're at 500 right now but it's not like they get the sip of the competition but you still have to find ways to win no matter who you play.
0: Do we make too much about the start to the season or is the start to the season that important given the fact that you, you want to be in a playoff spot by the time you get to U.S. Thanksgiving because that's a strong barometer as to whether or not you're going to make it
1: well, last year, no one expected the Caps in the playoffs. A lot of, a lot of the pros that were you know, the professional writers, they, they didn't have the Caps making it, and they had such a great start. And really it was because of Obetskin and Kuznetsov carried this team for the first few months of the season. And they ended up having like 9, 10, 11 rookies in the lineup. Uh, every night there was something happening after about the 20th game. It was always different. So that incredible start that they had, uh, I'm trying to think it was like 14 four and two uh, after that you know they kind of took a nose dive and because of that great start it kept them above water at all times so it's really really important to to be ahead of it because so many things as you go longer into the season your injuries start to mount up uh you know and then all of a sudden there's more pressure in the games it should be just game you know you want pressure every game but there's Way more external pressure every game when you have a slow start, and then you start to question everything you question your personnel uh, you know on the ice on the you know the coaches behind the bench management all of that gets questioned when you don't have a good start so it's really really I think it's imperative to get out there to a good start because. You know, every, everyone's a Stanley Cup champ in the summer, pretty much. And then you get to the season and reality sets in.
0: All right. Well, that being said, Washington was dealt a tough hand. I mean, you've got the injuries to Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson. Backstrom possibly for the season now. Uh, Wilson, I'm not sure when he returns, but those are two pretty significant absences to the lineup.
1: Well, last year, this team had a weaker roster going into the season. Because Nick Backstrom was potentially going to be out all season long again. So he ended up coming back in, I think, late November, early December, but he had hardly skated. Uh, this year they filled the gap with Dylan Strom. So they're a lot better off right there by having Dylan Strom because they were going with rookies, whether it be the, you know, the draft picks that were getting their nine games in, or the first rounder that kind of is in and out of the lineup, than the American League guys. So right now having Dylan Strome is a great luxury compared to last year. You're allowing Lars Eller to be Lars Eller on the third line, not asking him to be an offensive uh, player. So I I think everyone has to fall in place, and right now you have that. And, you know, I guess Tom Wilson, you're trying to soften the blow with, you know, supposedly the steady play of Connor Brown, who's been off. You know, he may be injured now, and he hasn't had a good start. You know, in preseason he was excellent, but in the first few games he looked really uptight, wasn't making the right play at all. And uh, I've seen him play too many great games, no matter what uniform he's been in. And I just felt like he was feeling it. Maybe it's the curse of playing with Ovechkin for some guys. Uh, I think they overstress. They worry about getting him the puck. And I always say on my broadcast that, Obie can score rebound goals, too. So don't be afraid to shoot the puck. They had that problem with so many players over the years that end up riding shotgun with Ovechkin and whoever he's playing with that they won't want to pass the puck. They make the wrong play and they could just shoot the puck. It doesn't matter. Ove's just happy when anyone scores a goal. So, you know, Connor Brown, uh, hopefully he's not injured severely. Hopefully he can get back in the lineup. And when he gets back, hopefully he can just chill out, relax, and play his own game. We're
0: joined right now by a longtime Washington Capital player and broadcaster, Al May. Al, we had Frank Cervalli on in the last segment. We talked a bit about Gabby, about Bruce Boudreaux. Washington stormed back in the Canucks last night. I, I had a weird vibe, uh, you know. The, the Oilers at the rookie tournament, Penticton, uh, Boudreau was there. Even the two preseason games. Do you think this guy could be in a little bit of
1: trouble? Well, I, I one of the things that I noticed is early, and I, I can't you know go word for word, but their general manager Patrick Alvin, uh, you know, he was asked by a reporter, you know, you know about the, the the way the year finished with Gabby as the coach and the record that he had. And the numbers are spectacular, uh, with which he brought there. Last year means nothing to me. Well, you know what? A, a veteran GM and, and not someone just trying to make a name for themselves by being Salvo, it was important that you got those players to believe in and play to win every night. And I saw a fan of the but I, I thought that I, I thought it was horrible when he said that. And you know, had I not been off, I probably would have started firing on my Twitter. You know, what a jackass statement that was! Because they went thirty-two, 10 with Bruce as their coach. They, they their power play went to twenty-six point seven. Their their penalty kill to ninety point six, and it was one of the worst penalty. to Travis Gruden's staff were horrible. And how he remained that coach. The coach for so long, he kind of baffled me. He's been connected to a lot of people in the league by being a player for so long. But I look at what Bruce did. That was pretty spectacular. And I think they're right. And I don't like telling people what to say, but I thought it was garbage what their general manager said. I thought something should have been said, yeah, we have to build on that. We need the players to believe that we're a playoff team and that we're going to spend it uh, sooner than later and put the pressure on that with it, rather than just throwing, you know, basically everyone's stats and everyone's effort out the window. I thought I thought it was BS.
0: Well, that's why we love having you on the show because you tell us how you feel about those issues, and I love it. Uh, hey, look, the other night the Calgary Flames came in here, and they look good, Al. I mean, but that said – Is it possible a return engagement? The Oilers vanquished the Flames in the playoffs. Could a game early in the season like that mean more to Calgary than it does to Edmonton, or is that just a cop-out and an excuse?
1: You know what? It it definitely meant a lot to Calgary. I would say it always does because I know that teams I've played in the past uh, that beat us in the playoffs, we, we were still upset about losing to them, and usually it's your own fault when you lose a series. Uh, sometimes you have no chance anyways when the players are just too good on the other squad. But, uh, you know, Calgary definitely put a lot more into it. But I think Calgary's a more complete team when you look at their roster. Their defense, no one's going to tell you that the Oilers have a better six-man unit than what Calgary's carrying right now. So you look at that, and then the the identity of the role players that you have, you know exactly what those roles are in Calgary with with all the players, and what the top six roles are with the bottom six. And their coach doesn't go from playing the fourth line... You know, on the first line one night, back to the third, then back to the first, and then back to the fourth. Everyone has an identity. So that's one of the things, a luxury of that team. Brad Trailiving has built a very solid team. They've got a no-nonsense coach, and he coaches one of the simplest systems in the NHL. I'm a big believer in perfecting simple. You know, trying to get as close as you can to perfecting simple is the key to winning games. When you, your players all execute and they know exactly what they're supposed to do so they can coach each other in, in effect, the coach doesn't have to get on you as much. When the players are barking, everyone knows what everyone's role is and they're expected to execute. So that's, that's the beauty and the genius of Daryl Sutter. Even though he doesn't, he's not the warm and fuzzy friendly guy that gives us those great uh, bites post-game, he is a phenomenal coach and I love the simplistic approach that he brings to the game.
0: Do we worry too much about being too nice and too polite today,
1: Al. Like, can hell, the... hell yeah? Well, yeah, everyone does, except the people, the nameless, faceless people on Twitter. <laughs> well, that's everybody. But you know, I didn't know that. I...
0: Al, I to we're losing you there, Al. Can we just move you to a, a one spot? It's we've we've lost you for a second, Brendan. Can you see if you can re-engage, Al? In, in one location, because I wanted to hear what he had to say there. Had a feeling it was going to be pretty good. Do we have him now? Are you still there? We got you now. Go for it.
1: Okay, well, what I was going to say is, that, you know, if you say anything, the name of face with people on Twitter, you know, there's an execution. There's character assassination of the person who actually has an opinion. But I think in the game, when you talk to all the players, they want honesty. And you know there, there's there's overboard and there's honesty and players always want to know where they stand and there's nothing worse uh, than having a coach that doesn't speak to players and then a player a coach that only says negative things to you and, and you know and I know there's been guys in the past that have just called players names nonstop there's no room for that anymore and I you know I advocate for any player that anyone a coach disrespects it like that you you give it right back to them and you get your agent to talk to the management, and then the management come to you. But I think honesty is the best policy in the game, but it can't be just a one-way street. When, When you're poor, when you're playing poorly, coaches need to communicate, and I think that's the key to today's coach is being more or less on an even keel. But you have to know where you stand, and you've got to pay the piper when you commit the same errors over and over. We also need to hear about it when you're playing well and carrying the team.
0: 100%. Al, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. All right, take care, man. You bet. That is Al May, Edmonton area product, longtime Washington Capital player and broadcaster. Mitch has texted us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. He says, Jay needs to get Dylan Holloway dialed in. I don't. Uh, we're looking for more out of Yamamoto and Paul Yarvey. At this time, Holloway is an important player for the Oilers. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. And Haji says, Afternoon, Bob. It was interesting listening to Coach Woodcroft talk about compartmentalizing starts to target improvements in the first period of future Oilers games. In your opinion, is it a lack of intensity, a lack of preparedness, a lack of execution, or a combination of all that leading to the Oilers' slow starts. Uh, I think for some players it's a lack of intensity out of the gate. Like, again, I think you can gauge Edmonton. Like, you know, we're going to hear from Hyman here shortly. You know what you're going to get from Hyman. Shift after shift after shift. I don't know if you can say that about every Edmonton player. When we return, we'll get to a one-on-one conversation with Edmonton Oilers forward, Zach Hyman. It is 120 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. It appears to be centering Zach Hyman in Yasapol Yarby for tonight's game. We'll get to the, uh, Zach Hyman momentarily. The Orders Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. 250 years of experience, James H. Brown. Trent Brown. Well, he's a little down these days. Golden Bears have dropped three straight games, and the Elks are going to miss the playoffs again. In fact, they haven't won a home game uh, since 2019, looking to do so Friday against the B.C. Lions. All right, without further ado, let's get to our one-on-one conversation with Edmonton Oilers forward, Zach Hyman. Zach, uh, the Oilers have played a couple games to start the season. Just a thought on uh, on what you're seeing out of the gate through the opening couple
2: of games. Well, I think we just got to be better out of the gate. after <laughs> The first uh, two games, that are obviously, uh, you know, I think we're lucky to be one on one with the starts we've had. But I think we're a team that can battle back. But we don't want to. We don't want to play from behind. So it'll, it's important to get off to a good start in this one. I like people that provide consistency, that show up every day, that are going to grind.
0: And you can extend that metaphor for every aspect of life. And I think the one thing that the Otters fans have grown an appreciation for. Does they know what they're going to get out of you on a shift by shift basis? How much do you pride yourself on, you know, on, on how you become that kind of player? I think it's,
2: just, it's extremely important. I think uh, you know, after a game, you want to be able to to tell yourself that you did everything you could to you know, help the team win. And uh, you know, some nights are better than others, but if you can kind of provide that level of consistency, then you always have a baseline and you always have someone to fall back on. How, uh, flexible
0: do you have to be when you're bouncing between left and right wing during the course of the game and never sure, never sure which line you're going to be playing
2: or who your center is going to be and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think uh, we got a little taste of it last year obviously but I think Woody's really good at reading the game and being able to kind of adapt on the fly and that means that sometimes he'll be playing in different positions and on different lines and with, with different people but I think that uh, we're, we're pretty used to it now so it's uh You just have to be ready and and know which side you're going on and always be be awake out there. Have you seen the expectation
0: level, not from the fans, but internally from your team inside? Has that risen here over the course of the last calendar year since you first became another last... I mean, you guys got off to a great start, 16-5. and I don't necessarily know if it was... The ideal situation, 5v5, great special teams, but are you, maybe because of the run you had last year in the playoffs, is the the standard the same, or has expectation level been
2: collectively risen with your group? No, I think it's collectively risen for sure. I think, We understand how hard it is to get to where we did last year, but we want to go further. So I think it, it takes more, and it's about building consistency and, and building your team throughout the year. And it's a long year, and you can't look too far ahead. But, you know, we have those expectations for ourselves, and, and we we hold each other accountable.
0: How proud are you as a Michigan alum with how that Wolverines football program is playing right <laughs> now the big deal.
2: They look great. Huge win against Penn State. Alabama loss, so we're we're in the thick of things. I don't know who, who's an Alabama fan here. That was tough, but uh, yeah, we're we're right uh, we're right there. They look great tonight. Buffalo. This is a team that
0: the Oilers have over the last four or five years ago. Maybe not played well, but you did beat them 6-1 last year here. Obviously, this is really about you guys finding your game and not so much about the opponent.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, they're a good young team. They're hungry. They got guys who. You know, want to be everyday NHL players and are pushing and and for us, yeah, it's definitely just about finding our game and and focus uh, on our locker room and it starts with the the 10-minute game is, is what he likes to say and and uh, we got to get back to to owning that and kind of establishing our game so that we can just go out there and, and have a little bit of rhythm because the the past couple games have been no rhythm when you're down three before you can blink.
0: There you go. That's Zach Hyman, Michigan grad. Bob Stauffer, Brandon Escott with you, 128 in Edmonton. The gang at Brentridge Ford did such a good job selling their trucks and SUVs. They're in need of more. You can trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright, whatever is best for you. Remember, the 2023 order bank is open for F-150s and SUVs at Brent Ridge Ford in Watasquin. Go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Watasquin. Cars cost less in Watasquin. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and when we come back, Lance Lyselski from the Buffalo News. He'll give us uh, a Buffalo perspective on uh, this year's Sabre Squad. You're listening to orders Now.